you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey everybody, it's Wednesday, September 20th, 2023. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. We are previewing Thursday night football and the early Sunday games from week three, plus taking a visit to the Last Chance Saloon. Let's start, as we always do, with some fantasy headlines. And uh, we talked a little bit about this, Florio, on the Tuesday show. It happened on Monday night. Nick Chubb gone for the season, an awful knee injury in that loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jerome Ford is the next man up there, but the Browns have also gone out and they have added Kareem Hunt. They have brought him back, reunited. I don't know if it feels so good, but he is back in Cleveland again. So when you look at this backfield, Ford is the next guy up. But how do you see things being split here between Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt? I think Jerome Ford will get the first opportunity to be the lead back here. I think that for fantasy purposes, you're probably viewing him as an RB2. Uh, There'll be some weeks where he has RB1 upside. This week, not one of them in a tough matchup against the Titans, but I could see Kareem Hunt kind of coming in and playing his old role as the change of pace back, the third down, the two-minute drill. Uh, But 
I think Jerome Ford would have to struggle for Kareem Hunt to be worth more than that. Although, look, Jerome Ford is the big waiver wire guy right now. I've picked up Kareem Hunt for cheap in a couple of places, just in case. He is out there in a lot of leagues. Now, I was a weirdo, and I drafted Kareem Hunt in a few places, expecting at some point he was (laughs) going to get signed. Didn't think it would happen this way. Jerome Ford, as you mentioned, is going to be the lead guy there. I think there's a reason the Browns didn't bring Hunt back after last season. He just was not very productive for them. Ford can contribute in the passing game as well, so that's sort of something to keep in mind. But the upside for Kareem Hunt is he's sort of plug and play. He knows the offense. He knows the system. There's not going to be a learning curve to jump him in there. Um, But, you know, if you missed out on Jerome Ford and you got to go get Kareem Hunt, uh, as Patrick Claibon sort of joked with us earlier on Wednesday, it's sort of like going and asking for Coke and having the waiter say, is Pepsi okay? That's, <laughs> that's kind of Kareem Hunt right now. Cam Akers on the outs in Los Angeles. Kyron Williams is the new hotness for the Rams. And there is a rumor that the Rams may try and trade Cam Akers. Now, so far, not a lot of takers. The Browns go get Kareem Hunt. The Ravens have signed Kenyon Drake. There aren't a whole lot of spots there. If somehow the Rams pull something off, do you see a good fantasy landing spot for Cam Akers? As of now, no, because <laughs> it's the two that you said that that made sense. And maybe Baltimore, because Kenny Drake doesn't move the needle at all. So maybe they could still be the top uh, suitor for Cam Akers. But I think as of right now, we're probably waiting for another injury to open up. Uh, playing time in another backfield. Like maybe the Giants could do it, but they're expecting Saquon back in a couple of weeks. So. Right now, for at least for Cam Akers' fantasy standpoint, I think it's Ravens or kind of just wait for another injury. I mean, it kind of really is. How about we throw this one out here because this is the team we always throw out when we talk running backs. What about the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, I, he, I don't know. He could go there, but <laughs> I, I don't know if, is he better than Pacheco? I don't think so. I, I mean, I think then that leaves you with a whole slew of backs who are just meh, right? You got Pacheco, you got Jarek McKinnon, you would have Cam Akers. And then somehow Clyde Edwards-Alaire will still slide in there and maybe steal a touchdown from somebody. So, uh, you know, life comes at you fast. And Cam Akers a couple of years ago seemed like he was going to be the guy in Los Angeles. Now he's just trying to get on the field at some point. In New York, or I guess in Santa Clara, depending on your perspective, Saquon Barkley is dealing with an ankle injury. Now, the early reports were that he was week to week. Brian Dable, perhaps in a bit of gamesmanship, is saying he's not ready to rule Saquon out yet. I think the rest of the world is sort of that, uh, you know, Ron Burgundy meme. I don't <laughs> believe you. That's kind of how it is with De- Brian Dable right now. I think we're all expecting it to be Matt Breida in that backfield. How do you feel about him against the 49ers? Only for the very desperate. <laughs> like the, the 49ers. I know you might be like, look what Kyron Williams did against them last week. Before that, no running back for a whole calendar year had had a good game against the San Francisco 49ers. They are the toughest matchup for running backs. They get a bunch of pressure as well. I think if you're starting Matt Breida, one, you're in a deep league or you are very, very down bad right now at the running back position, but you're probably hoping either for a touchdown or a lot of passes to go his way, and I don't feel great about either. He, over his career, has not been the most efficient runner. He's never been a guy who's contributed heavily in the passing game. And... Throw in the fact that I don't know that he gets all of the snaps. When it's Saquon Barkley, you know he's getting most of the opportunity. When it's Matt Breida, Gary Brightwell very well could be a part of this offense. So you're talking about lowered volume against a good defense. 
Matt Breida, I, I get it. Like Florio said, if you are hurting really bad and you got to play him, then you got to do what you got to do. But if you have a choice, do not want. That gets us to the start of our game previews. And we will start, of course, with Thursday Night Football. It is the Giants at the 49ers. And I know they are the New York football Giants, but as someone who grew up in the Bay Area, hearing the Giants against the 49ers makes my brain itch because I'm thinking of those guys that wear black and orange and play baseball. 815 <laughs> Eastern, you can find that game on Prime Video. Let's do a little bit of more or less. 65 receiving yards for Darren Waller, more or less. More. And as someone who grew up in New York, I never knew the, the Giants to be anything other than a football team. So I kind of <laughs> have the opposite of that. Uh, but Darren Waller has been my guy coming into the season. I'm going to stick with him. He looks much better in week two. He's just getting healthier. Eight targets last week, six catches, 76 yards. And the thing is, one, I expect the Giants to be in catch-up mode. And two, the 49ers bring a lot of pressure, which means the Giants should have a lot of short, quick throws. And to me, you're going to design those for Darren Waller. Absolutely, you're going to design them for Darren Waller. I'm also going to say more than 65 receiving yards, in part because, as you mentioned, I'm expecting a negative game script where they're going to have to throw the football. Also, Waller has been a big part of their play-action game. And if there's any chance... For Daniel Jones to find some room throwing the football, it is sort of drawing those linebackers in with the play action, kind of freezing them a little bit and letting Waller get open in the middle of the field. So I'm not saying it's a huge game for Waller, but I do think he gets you more than 65 yards and he continues to be a startable tight end at a place where we're always looking for startable tight ends. Let's do another more or less on the other side. Christian McCaffrey, let's put the number at 125 rush yards for CMC. I'm going to say over. Uh, Tony Pollard got, I know he didn't have the biggest game rushing wise, but he had a big game week one against this Giants team. He was averaging five yards per carry. James Conner just went for over a hundred last week. The Giants have allowed a whole bunch of rushing production. And because I expect the 49ers to be playing from ahead, I think in the second half, we see a lot of Christian McCaffrey just kind of grinding out the clock. I'm going to say less. Um, I still think he gets you around a hundred yards and what he doesn't get you on the ground. He'll make up for as yeah. a pass catcher. I mean, you're starting Christian McCaffrey. I'm expecting big things out of CMC. And it's been interesting to watch the last week or so how many snaps he's playing. Part of my concern for him, and the concern is mild, let's get, let's get that clear, was that last year when he came in, he was only playing about two-thirds of the snaps. It appears that Kyle Shanahan is just like, screw it, we're just going to play Christian McCaffrey <laughs> until the wheels fall off, which I think is a very good plan when you're talking about one of the best players in the league. So I think the snaps are going to be there. I think he catches the football a lot. And then he fills in with some rushing yards on the back end. Not sure if he gets to 125, but it'll be a pretty good day for him nonetheless. <laughs> Getting to the start of the Sunday slate, we'll get going with the Colts and the Ravens. A couple of things to watch here. Uh, as of us doing this show, uh, Anthony Richardson still in concussion protocol. He was not seen at practice on Wednesday, so we await further word on him. On the other side, Odell Beckham was not at practice on Wednesday for the Ravens, so we're starting to try and figure some things out here. Any running backs you have any interest in starting in this one? So I have a league where, as my flex, I don't have a better option than Zach Moss, and, and I'm going to have to start him. But right now, both of these teams are in the bottom seven in rushing yards allowed through two weeks. And when it comes to the Ravens, we're seeing them split snaps, split carries, the goal line work is going to Gus, which is why he's my preferred option. But I think both Justice Hill and Gus Edwards are RB3s that I would try to get away from if possible. I 
would start Zach Moss simply for volume purposes, yeah. especially if Anthony Richardson can't play. We saw that, especially with Gardner Minshew taking over. Gardner Minshew is not going to take off and run with the ball the way Richardson will. So that means Moss can get some opportunities, but I don't like the matchup. And I have been big on Gus Edwards. Even before the J.K. Dobbins injury, before the season started, I thought Edwards would have a role. That only increases without Dobbins there. So I think he's, uh, he's a guy that I would consider starting on the Baltimore side of things. Tennessee Titans heading to Cleveland to take on the Browns. We talked a little bit about Jerome Ford and his opportunity there for the Browns. Titans run defense, though, not something to fool around with. Would you play Ford in what is, at least on paper, a tough matchup? Um, I think you probably have to unless you have two really strong options at running back. Right now, Joel Smith has him ranked as the RB14 on the week. I'd have him a little bit lower, but it's hard to get him out of the top 20 running backs right now, just looking at the landscape. So matchup be damned. I- I'm going to trust the volume here and start Jerome Ford. That's what it is. It is a volume play for Jerome Ford. It is not about the matchup. Uh, And you look around with running backs. David Montgomery is hurt. We talked about Saquon Barkley being hurt. Aaron Jones wasn't practicing in the early part of the week. We don't know what Austin Eckler's status is going to be. People are shorthanded at running back, and that alone is what gives Jerome Ford some attractiveness, even if the matchup isn't particularly good. So, Chances are you may be dealing with a running back injury. I know I am across several leagues. So Ford probably slides in in that case. Falcons at the Lions. We're talking tight ends in this one. You got to pick one. The rookie Sam Laporta, who has had two top 10 weekly finishes or everybody's favorite tight end. The guy that some people love to hate, including maybe Arthur Smith. Uh, Kyle Pitts. Who are you going with here? The phenom Kyle Pitts. And listen. I feel your disgust. I know you hate me right now. I'm going to trust the matchup here in this one and say Kyle Pitts. The, uh, the, the Lions so far have allowed the most yards to tight ends. They are allowing 18 fantasy points per game to the position. And when you factor in who they played, the Chiefs with no Travis Kelsey and the Seahawks, Kyle Pitts is easily the most talented tight end they are going to face. I said it on Fantasy Live. I'm giving him one more chance, but if he disappoints, yeah, then we're going to have a very, very different discussion with Pitts next week. I'm scared. I'm, I'm going to say Sam Laporta because I'm scared. I am. I just, I'm scared. I'm scared of what this Falcons offense is. And mostly I'm scared of the fact that they just don't seem to want to involve Pitts in the offense. And I don't get it. I mean, last week you had Jonu Smith getting a ton of targets in this offense and a lot more catchable targets. I mean, that's the thing. Through two weeks, Kyle Pitts has had a 58% catchable target rate. That's not great. And we keep saying, at least we did in the offseason, that Desmond Ritter had to be better than Marcus Mariota. And through two weeks, and I'm like, sure about that? I just, <laughs> I just don't. I want this to be true. I want Kyle Pitts to be a thing. I'm starting him in a league, although I'm very, very close to uh, pulling the trigger on putting Zach Ertz in for him. If, if it doesn't happen this week, Zach Ertz is going in. For Kyle Pitts going I, forward. I don't blame the I mean, we have no one to blame but ourselves, but ourselves. and Arthur Smith at this point. That's it. That's it. Anyway. Saints and Packers. I was thinking when I was writing this out, once upon a time, this was like we'd have been talking about Drew Brees versus Aaron Rodgers and you know Michael Thomas versus Devontae Adams or whatever. Like Michael Thomas is still there. Um, but let's talk some running backs, especially on the Saints side. Uh, 
It looks like Jamal Williams is going to be out for a little while. Alvin Kamara is still suspended. Is there a Saints RB that you would stream in this one? I think Tony Jones is the safer of the two. Kendra Miller is the upside swing. That being said, they are both purely RB3s that I, I don't love, but if you're in need of a rental for one week because Alvin Kamara is back next week, then they're fine. The Packers have allowed the third most rushing yards so far this season, but I think Taysom Hill probably comes in and wrecks a couple of days here and is heavily involved. Well, that's 100% what happens. That, <laughs> that is 100%. What will happen is you will start Tony Jones, or maybe you start Kendra Miller, who's expected to make his season debut in this one, and one of those guys will run the ball down to the two, and then here comes Taysom Hill lining up in the Wildcat. He's going to run it in, and you're going to shout at the TV, uh, and then you're just going to move on with your life. That's how it's going to go. Uh, I would probably try Jones if I had to start one, which hurts my heart because I was, I was a big Kendra Miller propon- proponent at the start of the season. Um, he's been injured, hasn't had a chance to play, and now with uh, Alvin, Alvin Kamara set to come back, that window is very much closing for Kendra Miller. Cheat code would taste some hill if you need a tight end. You could, you could stream him at tight end this week. Stream him at tight end this week, which is weird because I think he's listed on the roster as a quarterback, but that's a whole other argument. And I that's don't where really his snaps need, come from. I don't care. I don't, need to, <laughs> I don't need to get in that argument on socialmedia.com anymore. Um, <laughs> Texans at the Jaguars uh, in a, an AFC South battle that I think could really be high scoring potentially. Do you play the matchup, uh, a.k.a. starting Trevor Lawrence? Uh, do you start, you know, do you start Damian Pierce? Do you start Jags wide receivers? Do you play the matchups or do you go with the studs? How are you playing this one? I have Trevor Lawrence and Damian Pierce that sits this week. The Texans have allowed one pass touchdown so far this year and just 16 since the start of last season. They have more interceptions than touchdown passes allowed. Lawrence struggled against them last year, didn't throw a touchdown in two games, threw three interceptions. Damian Pierce is a must sit, I think. That, yeah. that O-line is in shambles. He, he has to fight just to get to the line of scrimmage every single play. I, I would get away from him. Calvin Ridley, I think, is far too good, though. Even with me saying I'm worried about Trevor Lawrence, I think you still have to go with Ridley. Kirk, I, I would, after last week, I understand if you want to start him, but I think this is a week to trust uh, Travis Etienne of all of your Jaguars. I love Travis Etienne this week. Absolutely. I would start Calvin Ridley. I'm out totally on Damian Pierce. Looking at the rest of those wide receivers, I feel like this might be a week to get away from Christian Kirk. Last week, they ran a lot of three wide receiver sets, and that's where he's getting his work. I don't know if we see quite as many, uh, if this is more of a 12 personnel, if they try to run the football, which means we don't see Kirk on the field quite as often. So maybe I stay away from him, and maybe this is more of a Zay Jones week uh, if I'm looking at a non-Calvin Ridley Jaguars wide receiver. We got plenty more to do here on the show. We'll take a quick break and we'll look at some guys that this might be their last chance. Uh, we'll see if we can come up with something big for guys that are sort of on their last fantasy legs. Plus more game previews coming up next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. You know, hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Some news just coming in as we were putting this show together. Saquon Barkley has been ruled out for Thursday night football. So whatever gamesmanship Brian Dable was trying to pull on the 49ers, it did not work. We have seen through your ruse. So uh, no Saquon Barkley in week three. Meanwhile, there are some guys that are playing in week three that we might be at the end of our rope with. Calling this the last chance saloon. Will these players produce this week? And if not, what are we doing with them? Sort of like Biggie, we're going to give them one more chance. Let's start with the quarterback, Justin Fields, <laughs> in Chicago. The Bears are 0-2. The Bears' offense has looked awful. Justin Fields has been the subject of memes. Uh, and now he's maybe taking veiled shots at this coaching staff. Who knows? It's a whole thing. But either way, Justin Fields, uh, is this a last chance? Will he come through this week for the Bears? And if not, what are you doing about it? I'm hopeful that he will come through. The Chiefs have been a tough matchup for quarterbacks, but there's no way I'm dropping Justin Fields. Maybe you could sit him and pick up a different quarterback to start or whatever. The upside is far too high. Remember, he got off to a terrible start last year, and then after that was a cheat code that we thought if you didn't have on your roster, you had no chance of winning your league. Uh, Yeah, he's taking shots at his coaches, and he should be. The play calling has been terrible. They're not letting him run. He's saying he's getting fed too much data and not trusting his instincts. To me, that tells me that he's about to start running a whole lot more, throwing it deep more. That is where he excels. I I still have faith in Justin Fields. He's going to be running the football whether the Bears want him to or not because that's the thing that sort of works for them. So I still don't know that it's going to be a big game this week for Justin Fields because I think game script is going to sort of work against him. The Bears defense is bad. The Chiefs will score points. That will force fields to be more of a passer and we have seen that that does not work so i'm not thinking he's going to come through with a big fantasy point day for you but at the same time i still hold for all the reasons you said last year he started slowly the bears figured some things out and he was a good fantasy quarterback down the stretch i think at some point uh, the bears are going to figure this out again and start to have more designed runs more ways for him to get out of the pocket so even if it doesn't happen in week three i'm not ready to give up on justin fields just yet Josh Jacobs, uh, last week, nine carries minus two yards. I think I said I looked at it at some point. It was like six carries for minus six yards, and I just kept staring at it because that didn't. <laughs> see, it just had to be a typo. Like, that just couldn't be a thing. 
It was a thing. It was not a good thing. Will it be a good thing for Josh Jacobs this week against the Steelers? I think so. I think this is the get right spot for Josh Jacobs. He, despite the very limited production he's been giving us, he is still dominating volume there. He was heavily used in the passing game last week. But the Steelers have allowed the most rushing yards to running backs so far this season. They're allowing over six yards per carry. And not only is it this week, the Raiders schedule, at least running wise, is very favorable moving forward. So I think uh, right now is a buy low opportunity on Josh Jacobs that I think will be slammed shut come Sunday. I think he's going to be better. I mean, I I don't know that it could be worse, right? Minus two yards. There's really nowhere to go but up for Josh Jacobs. The thing that was sort of nice is that they were at least throwing him the football. Uh, so he was getting you at least something in the passing game. So that that's sort of a relief there. But the reason you drafted him where you did is because you were expecting a whole lot of rushing production. So far this season, Josh Jacobs has uh, 46 yards on 28 carries. If you were doing the math, that is a 1.6 yard per carry average. That is ungood. But I do think it's going to get better this week. But again, sort of like Justin Fields, if it's not you're holding, uh, you know, I mean, maybe you're in a panic and, and try and trade him away. I wouldn't do it. I would hold on because I just think it's going to get better. Far there. too much upside. Jamar Chase. It's been rough for Jamar Chase. Hasn't been great for the Bengals offense to start the season. Uh, the Bengals have a game against the Rams on Monday Night Football. They are in Cincinnati at home. Uh, does Jamar Chase finally get it going this week? Mind you, Joe Burrow's dealing with a, a calf tweak. That is exactly why I'm not sure that Jamar Chase can get it going this week. Uh, I, I still think there's far too much upside for you to sit Jamar Chase. But here's what I would say. If you are 2-0 and and you do not have Jamar Chase, go find the 0-2 team that does <laughs> and try to make a trade for him right now. It is not a Jamar Chase issue. It is a Joe Burrow issue. He has not completed a deep pass yet this year. He has completed five passes in two games more than 10 yards down the field. It is 100% a Joe Burrow is not healthy right now issue. But if you believe that Joe Burrow will get healthy as the season goes on, Jamar Chase is still a league winner once those two get right. You don't have a choice but to hold on to Jamar Chase. Just because if you try to trade him, you are not going to get anything close to requisite value for him. Chances are you spent a top three pick on Jamar Chase. So unless somebody's going to offer you Justin Jefferson, uh, what, Stefan Diggs, maybe? I mean, there's, a ha- there's only a handful of guys that you can get back that are going to make it worth trading Jamar Chase. And nobody's going to give you those because they've seen Jamar Chase's stats. So I don't know if this is the week he really takes off. I think it's going to happen because he's too good. But even if it doesn't happen, you got to sit on this for now because you just are not going to get anything back of value of, of equal or, you know, compensate value to, to make it worth your while. Last one. And we sort of talked about this. Kyle Pitts. Uh, it's, it's just been flat out awful. Um, I know you think it's going to happen this week it's, against the lions. It's now or never. And yeah, I so say if, so let's just, let's just, let's just game plan this out, right? Worst case scenario, it doesn't happen. Then what? Then you drop Kyle Pitts. I think, unfortunately, Ooh. like it breaks my heart to say we, are going to have some fun, unfortunately, next week if it doesn't work out for Kyle Pitts. But if it does, I think you try to shop him because I love the talent that is Kyle Pitts, and I've been sucked in every year he's been in the NFL. Unfortunately, his coach feels the exact opposite way and thinks that he's the best decoy in the NFL or whatever it is. I don't know. (laughs) 
I blame myself for thinking Arthur Smith would do the right thing this year. You would think so. And this is not a Kyle Pitts issue. It's just that he has some questionable authority figures in his football life. And that's the problem. They just don't seem to want to involve him. And, and no one outside of Atlanta can figure out why. And I'm sure there are probably people within the building that can't really figure out why. You spent, what, the number four overall pick on Kyle Pitts? And somehow you're not making him a focal point of the offense. I don't understand it. I don't get it. There was a play in week one where he was wide open and screaming for the ball. And they were just like, oh, we're going to go the other way. I do wonder if you dropped Kyle Pitts and left him on the waiver wire, like how much would people be clamoring to get him? Like, would he just would he sit there with somebody immediately snatch? He would get picked up, I think. Right. He probably would. I just, like, I wonder how much people would spend on fab on Kyle because Pitts if he were out there. You, you know the meme, we talk about it all the time, where it's like it never works out for other people. But, but it, it might work for us. That's Kyle Pitts. That is Kyle Pitts. I'm so sad. I hope it works this week because I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I drafted him in too many places. Like I said, he may go on the bench for Zach Ertz if it doesn't happen this week. Uh, back to our game previews. We've got the Broncos at the Dolphins. Uh, Russ has sort of cooked the first couple of weeks of the season. Do you start him or any of his pass catchers this week against Miami? I think you do. I think you start Russell Wilson, who last week threw for 303. Uh, and what I love, he ran for 56 yards. Yeah. I did not think Russell Wilson still had that capability. If he has that, he can quickly become a QB1 for fantasy purposes. And the fact that they're playing the Dolphins only means that they're probably going to have to throw the ball more. That being said, can you trust? I get Jerry Judy is the wide receiver one. Besides him, I, I, I even him, I don't really trust all that I much. Don't, yeah, I'm not really big on Broncos wide receivers. I, I thought Cortland Sutton the first couple of weeks with Judy maybe being less than 100% would get some opportunities. That hasn't really worked out. Greg Dulcich is hurt. Uh, I just, I don't know where to go. Marvin Mims had a couple of big plays, but he was barely on the field. I don't trust any Broncos receivers. And that sort of makes it hard for me to trust Russell Wilson. I think game script's going to work in his favor. And maybe if you need a QB2 or you're just, again, look, maybe you're dealing with Anthony Richardson being out. Uh, maybe you have some other quarterback issues. Maybe then you start Russell Wilson. But I, I think he's just on the outside of the top 12 for me this week, uh, even against Miami. Chargers and the Vikings. This one seems to be score-a-palooza. At least it has the potential for that. So who are you not starting in this game? Both quarterbacks are must-start. Uh, Keenan is a must-start. Mike Williams is a must-start. J.J. obviously is a must-start. I think that Addison is someone you want to start this week. K.J. Osborne, I think, is in play as a deeper flex. I'd get away from Gerald Everett because he's splitting snaps. T.J. Hawkinson is a must-start. I it's no surprise I'm not a huge Alexander Madison Alexander fan. Madison. I still think you got to play him in this one. Uh, Josh Kelly, if, if he obviously Eckler, you play if he plays. But even if he sits, I think Josh Kelly's in play as a low end RB2 or flex option. Not a whole lot of people I would sit in this one. Yeah, Madison makes me nervous. I was never big on Alexander me Madison either. this offseason, and I feel validated through the first two weeks. Maybe you do give him some run just because the Charger run defense isn't particularly good, but he's a low-end RB2 still yeah. for me. Josh Kelly, I know everybody was disappointed with what happened last week, but the Titans were always going to be a tough matchup for him. This is a much better matchup, so I, I would... So who'd you start? Madison versus Kelly? You have to pick one. Who do you want? Uh, I'd probably start Madison, hmm. but I... It's very close. I'd probably go Kelly in this one. I just, again, I think I'm just out on Alexander Madison, so he's I'd probably go Kelly. Looks like a backup for a reason. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think both of them are backups for a reason. Um, Patriots at the Jets. 
We were hoping Garrett Wilson was quarterback proof, but maybe Zach Wilson is just success proof. Uh, what are we doing with Garrett Wilson <laughs> this week? And what are we doing with Brees Hall while we're at it? I think Garrett Wilson is a sit. Look, I, I know he had the 68-yard touchdown last week. He had the catch of the year candidate in week one. Eventually, like, like life shouldn't be that hard for a receiver <laughs> this good. And if, besides that one long touchdown last week, he caught one of his seven targets for 15 yards. And the Patriots have dominated Zach Wilson. He has two touchdowns against him in his career and seven interceptions in three full games. And he only averages just over 200 yards. As for Brees Hall, so I would sit Wilson unless you don't have any other options. But Brees Hall is a tough one. He is so boomer bust. He's going to get more volume after just four touches last week. But I don't know. He's super big play reliant right now. He is big play reliant, but I would start him just because I think he has the potential to hit a big play, even against a good defense. So I'm starting Brees Hall. I think I'm in a situation where I have to start Garrett Wilson in a couple of leagues. And so if you are in that situation, I understand that you're starting him. If you do have other options, maybe you do look at other options. Uh, the only upside there is that he's going to be a target monster because, I mean, really, where else are they going yeah. with the football there except for Garrett Wilson? But Belichick knows that. That. Therein lies the rub. Uh, Bill Belichick knows where they're going to go with the football and they're going to have pressure in Zach Wilson's face all day. So... If you can avoid Garrett Wilson, I would try to do it, but I understand if you can't. Bills at the Commanders. Look, the Commanders have been kind of feisty offensively so far this season. Sam Howell kind of getting it done. We know we like Terry McLaurin. What about, as Adam Rank would call him, Johan Dotson? Are we starting him it, against the Bills? Is it Jahan or Johan? It's Johan. Okay. Th rank, that's just a rankism. Truly had me convinced that it was <laughs> Johan. He does that. Oh, yeah. He was very convincing. Johan has 62 yards on the season. <laughs> that is not good. And I say this is so, look, I'm a huge Terry McLaurin stand, but I thought opposite of him, Dotson would break out. I'm not giving up hope yet. I'm not telling you to drop him, but he is far from someone that you need to start, especially uh, the Bills secondary have been playing well. The thing is, I expect Trey White to shadow Terry McLaurin. So maybe that could uh, lead to Dotson getting some work. But right now I'm kind of on a, I need to see it yep. first before I plug him in my lineup again. 100% where I am. I need to see it from Jahan Dotson before I can put him in my lineup. The upside is where you drafted him. You aren't feeling obligated to start him. You didn't give up a lot of draft capital. He's not probably, probably not one of your top two receivers. So you can afford to wait on him. And so if you can, that's what I would do. At some point, I believe Sam Howell is going to start to integrate him more into the passing game. But until I know that for sure, I just can't have him in my starting lineup. That'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good and live well. We'll be back tomorrow to preview the rest of the Week 3 matchups. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.